Hey everyone, I realized when I released the last episode, which was the first episode of Photoshop Live, I didn't do an introduction because I do an introduction when I record live. Uh, so just to give you a little explanation of what's happening, uh, all my guests will now be recorded live currently on Zoom so that you can participate uh, during the show but also they will be released as podcasts. And this will be the second one with Riley Goodman that I'm doing. Uh, they will also be released as videos on YouTube at the Photoshow Live channel, uh, which is linked in the show notes. So if you're listening here on the podcast, uh, at some point I'll say this is where the artist made their presentation and then you can click on the YouTube link when you're done and see that presentation. You don't necessarily have to stop and do it at the moment. You can listen to the whole podcast and then go back and watch the video as well. And there's always a link in the video to just where the artist starts their presentation. Uh, there's also some Q&A with the audience that I don't include in either recording. So yeah, that's, uh, that's what I'm doing. I also hope to connect this more to gallery events this coming fall semester at the JKC Gallery. And... That's about it. Oh, of course, uh, we are sponsored by the Charcoal Book Club, a monthly photo book subscription service. And this month's book is As It Was Given to Me by Stacy Kranitz. Stacy Kranitz has been making photographs in the Appalachian region of the United States in order to explore how photography can solidify or demystify stereotypes. And actually, there's a, a bit of that in the first two Photoshop Live shows. So, uh, a lot of photography coming out on Appalachia right now, which is fantastic. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the show. And maybe I will see you at our next event. Stay tuned. All right. Well, thank you. This is the the second photo show live. I'm really happy to have Riley Goodman on with me. Hi, Riley. Hello. And uh, thank you to those who are joining us. Just to, to remind people, uh, this is a kind of a three-part or a, a three-act show. <laughs> I'll uh, talk to Riley a little bit. We'll get to learn a little bit more about him and his work. And then Riley will present his uh, first monograph? Second monograph. First. first one. First monograph, yes. From Yonder Wooded Hill, published by Fall Line Press. And then um, uh, there'll be some time for Q&A and then some, some closing uh, questions from me. All right, let's get started. Uh, Riley Goodman, raised in the Patapsco River Valley of Maryland, inquires folklore, American history, and humankind's relation to the environments they inhabit in an effort to understand what endures and how this manifests through the passage of time. Riley juxtaposes the visual interpretation of researched, often folk-based storytelling with archival imagery and material from his personal collections of artifacts and ephemera. When combined, the work depicts a narrative that, rather than noting a specific period, creates an ever-occurring understanding of history. By establishing this crafted world, Riley invites the viewer to question tenets of authenticity, leaving the idea of historical truth in an undisclosed middle ground. Uh, and you've had some uh, recent exhibitions uh, to cultivate a magnolia, Quirk Gallery in Richmond, which I believe you are in Richmond now, yes? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually in the Quirk Hotel right now. Uh, <laughs> that show is opening. That show is opening tomorrow. <laughs> but yes, I um, was just setting that up this afternoon, just oh. getting it all hung up and ready. Oh, awesome. So we talk a little about that um, from Yonder Wooded Hill, which is the book, but also the, the project uh, was at Candela and also in Richmond. And we love Candela. Yep. Yeah. Right across the street. Oh, that's wild. Oh, what a nice little area yeah. that must be. Yeah. 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 
you also showed that work in, in Lobo del Mar. Uh, in 2019, you had a, an American Gothic collaboration with Jessica Taylor at uh, Rump Galley in Richmond. And then um, by, way back in 2017, Patapsco, which um, I think is an interesting thing to mention because Patapsco is also the river that flooded Ellicott City, which also seems to be a bit of an inspiration for this work from Yonder Wooded Hill. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then uh, there, uh, if you go to Riley's website, uh, group exhibitions and talks, and you've been included in, in all kinds of uh, things that I think some of our guests will recognize, Humble Arts and F-Stop Magazine and uh, Ephraim Zalani Mindel, who's a, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, Strange Fire Collective. Uh, and so uh, lots of good things happening for you. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into all of this? And I think uh, uh, as much as any guest I've ever had, where you grew up has so much to do with the work that you're doing. Sure. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I'm from the Patapsco River Valley of Maryland. It's about 20 minutes southwest of Baltimore. Grew up there until uh, I turned 18 and moved to Richmond to go to VCU Arts for undergrad. I have my BFA in photography with a minor in history from VCU Arts. And after I graduated, I really loved the city of Richmond. So I stuck around, graduated in 2018 and have stayed since. So I've been in Richmond for about eight years. But the area where I grew up, definitely influential on my work and kind of my upbringing. My mother's family, which is a lot of what is covered in the book, has been in the area for many, many generations. And then prior to that in Appalachian West Virginia and North Carolina, moving to Maryland for work. That's kind of a, that's a very brief yeah. <laughs> summation, but yeah. But, but why, why photography? How did, how did that start? You know, it's interesting. I've always enjoyed carrying a camera around ever since I was little. I very much saw photography as a hobby uh, throughout high school. And it was always something I enjoyed, but I never really saw it as something that I would necessarily want to pursue. I also enjoy painting and different types of drawing, fine arts-based uh, media. But VCU Arts is interesting because the first year, the freshman year is a foundation year, and you kind of get to explore all different types of art to kind of see where you're fitting in and kind of what's working. And it was so funny. I was in these classes and I was like, wow, I really enjoy drawing and I'm not horrible at it, but I'm <laughs> certainly not one of the best people here. And I was like, but I do enjoy photography and I feel like I can excel more at that. So I was like, maybe this is something that's more lucrative. So I kind of pivoted towards that. So at the end of your freshman year at VCU, you kind of declare. So I chose photography and the rest is history. I think, I don't know. I'm, I think I maybe I get a third of my students like that. <laughs> uh-huh. So the yonder, yonder, from yonder wooded hill work. Yeah, it can be a bit of a tongue twister at times. I know. I don't know why. Uh, I should have practiced more. Um, <laughs> you know, it, there are so many, I think, connections to your origins in that work. Sure. And there's so many lines to connect. I've had Amani Willard on a few times. And Amani's uh, um, maybe mo best known book uh, is The Disappearance of Joseph Plummer. 
And that work is this sort of fantasy and fact and fiction um, mm -hmm. weaving together a tale of this mysterious character who really existed, Joseph Plummer, in, in, the, in the woods of um, Massachusetts, I believe. And then uh, uh, another guest I've had on the show is Yola Menachov Stockton, runs the Buffalo Photo Program, who did a whole book on called The Nature of Imitation, which is combining the real and the sort of the photographic out in nature to sort of show the hand, you know, show the hand of the photographer right, kind right, of idea, right. right? And I see elements in the, of those genres in your work as well. And I see them all the way through. In some ways, I think from Yonder Wooded Hill is a, a culmination of the different styles and different types of work you've been doing all along. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Yes. So if you want to talk a little bit about that, you know, there's still life and there's artifact and there's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when I was putting the book together, I kind of organized it almost into three categories. And it was kind of these constructed sets that I was building in imagery that was kind of based on uh, storytelling that I was told by my grandmother and my mother growing up. And then combining that with more of a, not journalistic approach, but more kind of as a documentarian. And I think that that intersects with the environmental impacts that the river valley has felt due to the flooding and so those two combined with the archival element which kind of brings this greater understanding of the passage of time and kind of making it more cyclical really is what i was trying to spin throughout and i kind of speak on that in my bio that you read where i'm trying to create this undisclosed middle ground where you're looking through this book and you're not entirely sure what era it's taking place in. You're getting glimpses of the past. It's referential to the past, but then you're kind of hit with these images of the present, whether that be through the aftermath of flooding and then coupled with an archival image of flooding that kind of forces the viewer to kind of examine history as a, as a cyclical experience rather than kind of linear. Yeah. And your interest in this kind of almost combination of archaeological work and forensic work really came through when uh, Ellicott City suffered that horrible flood years ago when the Patapsco River Valley kind of just flooded. And, 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 and actually, that's a cyclical event as, as well, as far as I know. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So the earliest known or most catastrophic recording of a flooding happened in the River Valley in 1868. And then subsequent floods throughout the 20th century, the most notable in my own personal experience, well, not personal, but familial experience being uh, 1972, mm. Tropical Storm Agnes destroyed the mill town where my mother grew up and where my grandparents worked. So it was a little town called Daniels that sat on a horseshoe bend in the Patapsco River and the water just rushed straight across, uh, took out the whole town. And then personally experiencing the floods of 2016 and 2018. I don't know. It, it creates a really interesting conversation for me because these older floods were due to storms and kind of storm damage where these newer floods can be tied directly to climate change mm -hmm. and the way in which we're choosing to build in an area like the river Valley where kind of having a lack of proper uh, runoff or ability for water to kind of filter in the way that it should allows for this type of flooding to occur. You had uh, an installation style show of the work 
from the found objects from the the flooding uh, from Ellicott City at the the Museum of Howard County uh, in 2017, the Howard County Museum. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Museum of Howard County History. Yeah. Oh, that's it. Museum of Howard County History. And that, I think, like I said before, you yeah, can see the, the, the traces, the beginnings of, of this work, of this book, uh, from mm -hmm. that installation. And you have a, a, an even deeper, rich history with Ellicott City from the Patapsco Female Institute in, in Ellicott City, where you were a researcher for a little bit? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I, Tell that I story. worked. Yeah, so I, I worked for the uh, Howard County Department of Recreation and Parks um, doing research on different historical properties that we own within the, the town. One of the main ones being the Patapsco Female Institute. And my job in that position was mainly to kind of develop a streamlined history. It's one of those buildings that I feel like every, every town in America has where there seems to be so much information on it, but at the same time, we know so little. And so a lot of the research that I was doing with that was kind of to figure out, you know, what was true and what was not true, which is kind of a very different experience. I mean, I have part of my background in the museum world and kind of the research world. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting to kind of have those parallels where in a career position like that, I have to make sure that I'm keeping to the historical truth. That's right. Whereas, <laughs> whereas in my own personal work, I'm kind of able to tell the stories as they were told to me, but get to kind of bend it a little bit and play with a little bit more of that uh, unknown. Yeah, absolutely. But this um, this particular place that you were researching, you you actually kind of broke through the story a little bit with a discovery, right? Of a book yeah, yeah. that you so found. This, yeah, it was it was probably. I mean, it's a really exciting thing to see come full circle. I was researching down here in Virginia, actually, at the Museum of History and Culture, which is formerly the Virginia Historical Society. And in their collections, they have a floral pressing album. So at the Patapsco Female Institute, one of the main studies that was taught during the 19th century was botany. And the girls who went to school there would keep these floral pressing albums. And it just so happened that there was one from 1843 in the Virginia Museum of History and Culture collections, which is right down the block from my apartment. And wow. I was able to document that scrapbook and then bring into uh, existence a garden on the site, which opened uh, this past May with assistance from Recreation and Parks and Ellicott City celebrating its 250th anniversary this year. So a team who's kind of working with that. And we were kind of able to take something that not necessarily is lost to history, but maybe kind of in the back rooms of history and bring it back to the forefront, which is really exciting. Again, showing that cyclical nature. Yeah, no, it's, it's pretty wild. Um, there was a, a headmistress, Almira Hart Lincoln Phelps, who was pioneer in women's education. We're talking about the 1800s, so we're not talking about yes. everyone going to school and then especially uh, women going to school and girls going to school. Um, and, yeah, I mean, yeah. the, the building was a really rich history. I mean, if anyone's ever looking for something to kind of spend their afternoon doing, um, it is a truly a really wonderful building to kind of look into. Yeah. And then you have these uh, historic seeds that you were able to plant and, and bring back the garden was yeah. part of this uh, institute. And again, that it's that combination of little forensics, a little archaeology and um, some documentation. And then, yeah. you know, before we, you start showing your work, I just want to ask sure. you a little bit more about your grandmother, who is such a plays such a pivotal role 
in your family history and then in the work you're doing now. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about that. Sure. sure. Uh, so my grandmother was born. Now this is horrible. I'm on the spot here. <laughs> I'm fairly certain it was 1928, 1927. I, she was born I couldn't in the late tell you when my parents were born. So, you know, it was, <laughs> yeah, so that's okay. <laughs> yeah. So she was born, she was born in a, a lumber mill town in West Virginia called Cass. Uh, which is a little lumber town. And again, another plug, if you're looking for a great weekend trip, <laughs> the lumber town still exists and you can rent out the old cabins and stay in them and then take a train up to the top of the mountain, which is a fun little thing if you're into <laughs> that type of tourism, because I did that, which some of the photos are from this town. Oh, but okay. Regardless, um, she was born in Cass and she was Cherokee Native American. So she was sent to the reservation schooled on the reservation in North Carolina, and then answered a job advertisement at 16 to come to the Patapsco River Valley to work in a factory. And one of the little asides that I always think is funny is she told me that in the advertisement, they promised that there would be trees ripe with bananas wow. growing <laughs> in central Maryland. That was really kind of what they were trying to get people to come to the area with that promise, which there are no, no. banana trees. Why bananas? <laughs> but yeah, so she remained living in the River Valley for the rest of her life. Uh, she passed away this past September, which is unfortunate that she was not able mm. to see the, the book oh, kind of yeah. come to its final fruition. But she plays a large part in it uh, throughout images, throughout images inspired by her. And her handwriting is the typeface on the cover. Okay. So the um, the book is a suede cover book. I don't have it yet, and it's been called sort of family album style in a way too. But the way the it's laid out and the way there's handwritten text. Now in my in my preview electronic copy, the handwritten text is translated with type underneath it. Is that also in the book? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's again another kind of influence of my background in the museum world where I kind of wanted to I mean it was partially from the standpoint of I can recognize my own mother's handwriting but I know <laughs> that it's a style that not everyone can read but I also really like that treatment of it where it's kind of becomes an a historical document or an archival document that's been analyzed. And and your grandmother passed on stories and passed on family history and uh Yeah. The, this work, which will seem somewhat documentary and somewhat fantasy and, and somewhat archaeological almost with, with the artifacts, your grandmother is the character who kind of ties it all together. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, on that note, why don't we, uh, why don't we look at some work? So this is the artist presentation portion of the show. You can just continue to listen to the end of the show here with our wrap-up questions and then click on the YouTube link in the show notes. Uh, there you will find also a link to jump ahead to the presentation itself okay back to the show i have some um some closing questions sure you have pretty complex layouts in this book of tying together archival imagery uh the different forms of your work and text what was yeah. the process like with your editor or editors or layout or designers? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, it was actually an interesting process. So I, I had had a, a pretty solid mock-up before I approached fall line. And it was funny because it, it's been really great to work with Bill and Clay and Megan and everyone on our team. But Bill and I have laughed about the fact that 
he was like, oftentimes we get photographers who come in and they pretty much have just their images and they want us to edit it down and they want to kind of let us take the reins. And he was like, you were not that type. You Hmm. knew what you wanted and you came in with an idea. But the final book does look pretty different than what I initially brought to them. And I think that having that malleability was great because it was kind of in, in being open with our team, I was able to kind of say, well, this is something that's important. This needs to be included because of X, Y, and Z, whether or not that's something that's important to the story or familially important. And then there were other things that got shifted around. And I think that kind of keeping that flexibility was what was most important, but it was, it was interesting to kind of have a pretty solid idea going in to be like, I want something like this, (laughs) but I'm, I'm ready to kind of have that be turned on its head. That's good, right? It's good to go in with uh, the idea of collaboration, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, unless people hear you speak, uh, they watch this, they they look up your interviews, how much of what you told us here would provide somewhat of a different experience from just having the book and reading the text, right? How much How much will people know from the book and how much do you want them to know as opposed to them just sort of getting this sort of feeling as they look through it that they're experiencing yeah. it a certain way. I think I think admittedly there's a lot of it that is left in mystery. There's a lot of it that is revealed and can be revealed through a conversation like this, which I really enjoy. And I like the ability to kind of say, well, there was thought behind each of these decisions. And there's a reason that we were taking pictures of this rock or this stump or this person. But I kind of on the other side of it, I kind of like just people going into it blind in a way and seeing how something that is very personal to me resonates with someone else. Mm -hmm. I was recently at a friend's wedding and the groom's mother came up to me and we were chatting for a bit and she had been looking through the book and she was, she said, I'm so impressed. I've just really loved the way that you tell the story. And my mother had that same last supper painting hanging Mm. in her kitchen. So the image towards the end of the TV, my grandmother had a painting of the last supper. And I think even just those little moments where even if the, the minutia and the specificity is not necessarily achieved when I'm able to take those elements and have them relate to someone else to create a very personal thing become universal then I would say that's working for me. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, that, it's great to when people can sort of either fill in their own blanks or just connect with the work. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean again, I'm very much one who I enjoy a conversation like this where I'm kind of like, well, let me let me show you. Let me tell you the ghost <laughs> stories. Let me tell you all of these different things. No, it's very much uh, uh, what what even the way you're describing the difference in the experiences is very much in your work, the idea that you can you can actually put things together in different ways and experience it in different ways and and and, and it, it, it's equally good right yeah 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 uh, last question is there sure. anything you have to say to john fryer <laughs> john fryer I'm curious at VCU. Why he's not, i'm curious he's not tuning in right now no i'm i'm just no no yes um, so yeah i want to thank john fryer for I, I introducing to... us by the way yes <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I, I want to say thank you as well. John and, and so many of my professors at VCU have been so helpful 
on this entire journey and to to be undertaking this process and kind of be introduced to the photo book world and the art world, not fresh out of college, but fairly fresh out of college has mm-hmm. been hard. And so I'm very, very thankful to John and my professors who have been so, so wonderful in, in providing assistance beyond graduation. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. This has been wonderful. And and, and thanks for the preview, your upcoming show. Yeah, um, of if, course, of course. If you're only listening to this on the podcast side, uh, please watch the, the video side of it because uh, going through the work was just wonderful. So thank you. And thank you all for joining. Perfect. Uh, thank you all very much for tuning in. Yeah. And uh, stay tuned for the, the next show. Keep up to date with at realphotoshow.com and also at jkcgallery.online. And uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Thanks, everyone. Cool. Thank you. Photo Show Live is a production of Real Photo Show. Executive producer is me, Michael Chauvin Dalton. Please rate and review with all the stars on your favorite podcast platform. And now that you can watch artist presentations as part of the show, please subscribe to the Photo Show Live YouTube channel. Just follow the link in the show notes.